Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. episode of this week's episode i'm your host angie fernot with me as always is digital doorman chris randazzo you know i think this greg daniels fellow might have a future in television five-star customer service rep karen randazzo look up your own damn porn and our favorite suit full of fingers evan goldstein it's only weird if you make it weird and it's better when it's wet (laughs) this episode is number 262 for the month of march this month was my pick i chose upload season one episode two five stars uh but before we get into that this is your reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com uh you can also talk to us on our discord server you can check us out on patreon do the stuff and the things communicate with us tell us what to watch i don't like making choices um also tell us what you're watching i i love seeing stuff in the discord it makes me very happy and every now and then i do feel the need to chime in and um it's nice so thank you um but yeah tell us what you like tell us what you don't like uh tell us tell us your deep dark secrets you know just talk to us um so how are we doing folks yay cool Yeah, my job is trying to kill me, but other than that, I'm fine. High five, Wait, me too. Isn't that what jobs are for? I don't understand this. What does uh, mean? in in this capitalist society? Yes, I believe that is what it's for. Obviously, totes obvi. You okay. totally forgot to read the fine print, and you signed the contract anyway. They are out to get us all. It sucks. No regrets. Oh, plenty of regrets. <laughs> I gotta say, I've actually been out of my job for the last, like, one of my jobs, I should say, for uh, a couple days now this week, and I, I missed it today. Like, I, I'm I'm going back in tomorrow, and I was actually also supposed to have off tomorrow, and I was like, nah, I, I'm gonna go see all my coworkers, and it's a very weird feeling to go from being like, I don't know if I like this job, to being like, I miss you, I want to come back. So, kind of excited. <laughs> Well, la de freaking da, yeah. somebody likes their job. Yeah, suck it, nerds. Well, isn't life just great for you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my job, too. So I feel like every now and then I need to bring in a hint of optimism on this podcast. I can't imagine why. <laughs> You're married to me. That's why. <laughs> oh, sorry. Secrets. Gotcha. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. That's a secret? <laughs> uh, listen, Shit. I'm very... Uh, <laughs> Oops. As a, an internet celebrity, because that's what I am, uh, you know, I got to make myself look available that's for it. all the yeah. fans. <laughs> we, okay, so, funny. Um, <laughs> I we was went, just leading into something. <laughs> we went to um, a, a uh, bar. It's not a bar. It's a, a, brewery. a brewery today, because Angela's next can... I got some cans. ...from New Anthem came out. So we get, you know samples and 
whatnot. So we went in there and we're standing at, at the bar. We're talking to some of the, the wait staff and one of the, the back room people. And all of a sudden this guy comes out of the back room, looks Angela dead in the face and goes, Hey, for not, I know you. <laughs> so weird. And I'm off to the side. I'm like, Hey, for not, that's weird. She goes, hi, have we met? He goes, no, 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 only through Instagram. And then he looks me in the face and he goes, I know you too from her Instagram. I'm like, this is really weird. This, it was so it was I'm like, uncomfortable right now. It's like when I've listened to podcasts where people actually listen to their podcast and then someone's like, I got recognized today. And I'm like, yeah, what's that like? And then today, like that happened to me. And I was like, this is really fucking weird. And I never want this to happen again. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I was so uncomfortable. And then it was that weird thing where it's like, wait, do am I supposed to know you? Have I met you somewhere and forgotten all about you because you weren't memorable? Were you memorable? I don't know what's happening. So the fact that he called you a for not as opposed to angela i was like hmm i'm guessing that there is no relationship here other than a digital one of some sort yeah see that's the thing i don't know people i've the internet's full of weirdos no offense internet but you're all weird including me luckily enough for us he was he was a very nice guy he He worked at the the brewery and you know he's very um I don't know. He, he said very nice things about all of the artwork and the artists that work with the, the brewery. So yeah, it was really, cute. it was a nice experience. It was just really, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. It's yeah, kind of, we, it's, I've, you know, I've been recognized before at like conventions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's weird. Right. <laughs> Cause like, especially like when it's, uh, when it's podcasting stuff, because they know, know a faces. lot about you because mm-hmm. like, well, they knew a lot about me because I talk about like everything on the podcast. It's like, this is a strange situation because you know a lot about me and I don't know shit about you. Um, welcome it's... to Let's Not Forget, the first time I met you both, because I was a fan of this show before <laughs> I was ever on it. And then we all went to a Weird Al concert together. And then Karen was like, oh, yeah, I love that Broadway show, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, I know. And then remember that time you talked about this BBC show on the podcast? And I was like, no, you wouldn't. And why am I still talking? <laughs> Uh, so good times good yeah times. uh yeah i was a fan of you guys before i ever met you in person and that's not weird at all <sighs> well i mean it's slightly different being that like you know you're connected to evan and eventually just be- became one of our people and- that's true but as a genuine <laughs> fan listening to you guys i was like oh my god i really hope they like me because i want to be their friend <laughs> So, <laughs> and now you're one of us. One, one of, of us. I hope it was and, worth it. And the uh, it wasn't. You know, the shine is off the apple. <laughs> <laughs> it's rotten to the core, and I like it. <sighs> anyway, so how's how's stuff on your end, guys? Tell me a story. I haven't we haven't spoken. It's been a whole friggin' month. I mean, I talk. We talk to Chris every week. We do, That's but like, true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still. And I've been listening Care to a bunch talk. of SAG, so. <laughs> I mean, you talk to me all the time, honey. Do you really think that's a good idea? That's a good point. <laughs> it's, you know, same shit, different day over here. You know, the day job is trying to kill me, and I'm trying to get away from it, and we'll see which happens first. Okay. Yeah, best of luck, really. Wish all the hopes and dreams. What is that? Well wishes, my hearts and prayers, and all that stuff goes out for you, because trust me, I understand it. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. How how are yeah. the kids doing? How's how's is that a safe question? Oh wait, I'm I have to say this on this television podcast. I am so proud of both of you. Yeah, dude, happy parenting and for congratulations. What you did with withholding information from your children for so long. Oh, the Star Wars thing. Yes. Yeah, man. 
Yes. That was a that was a very very important to me. You that guys was, are fucking heroes. I mean, parenting win. And the fact so that for any anybody listening who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, um, it was very. Imp- I have been theorizing on what I would do as far as like showing my kids Star Wars, like since high school. You know, <laughs> like what am I gonna do? Like, how am I gonna show them Star Wars? What's what's the right way to do it? And um, the one thing that was always really important to me was making sure that you know at least at least I could have no matter what see what their experiences with the whole you know Vader Luke you know I'm your father thing and um so many children's books and like cartoons and everything just spoil the crap out of that mm-hmm. it's just it, it it I I don't understand why that like I get that it's there's easy jokes to be made there but like shouldn't the point of any of this stuff be to like have it be enjoyable by new generations and like it's if you everything just completely spoils that it just has absolutely no regard for that being some sort of secret so um it was very important to me to find whatever way i could to make sure that that secret didn't get out um fortunately our kids uh seem to have a decent amount of respect for us so when John was six and he saw the movies, I made sure to instill in him how important it was to never tell his sister that secret. <laughs> like, when she's old enough, she'll see the movie, and then she'll find out. So until then, nobody gets to know this. You got it? That, that, that's our secret. And uh, he kept that secret. Nobody, nobody spoiled it for Ellie. And then, um, you know, she's seen various Star Wars things over the years, but I was waiting until she was old enough to get it. You know, it was important to me that it wasn't just like sit her down in front of the movie and, you know, hope for the best. I wanted to make wait until she was old enough and that she was, you know, understanding the, the whole concept of following a plot line before I went and dropped that particular bomb. <laughs> went so, made her follow a plot line. <laughs> yeah. Like, so she's six now and she's, She's been doing a lot of really good stuff as far as like following plots for things like uh, you know, she's been reading chapter books and whatnot. And uh, like uh, we're reading Matilda right now. Awesome. Um, you know, we read The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe last year. Uh, so she's she, I, I, I figured she was there. Uh, we also recently watched uh, our first MCU movie, sort of like we watched what, Spider-Man No Way Home once a while back just because we figured it would be fun for the kids. They had seen. Uh, the Tobey Maguire first, first, mm-hmm. first and second Spider-Man movies a while back. So, but like we watched Captain America as their quote unquote intro to the MCU mm. and it went way better than we expected. Nice. nice. Um, so uh, that was kind of my ticket. Like, all right, then this year is going to be the year that we finally end the star Wars moratorium. And uh, I showed, uh, I rewatched my, for my movie pick one week, uh, the original Star Wars, New Hope, and then uh, I was a when it came my turn again. We finally watched uh, Empire Strikes Back, and boy, it was uh, it was everything I hoped it would be. Uh, she uh, she she had like a bunch of questions there early in the movie, and she was kind of being a goofball, which is you know it's it's a fifty fifty shot with her. You never know what watching a movie with Ellie's going to be like, but um, she. Uh, we told her when that scene was coming up, like, all right, this is important stuff right here. Okay. Pay attention to the words they're saying. Cause sometimes she just gets into this mode of 
just paying attention with what's happening on the screen instead of listening to the words that the characters are saying. Mm-hmm. And so we told her, listen to the words. And uh, she's sitting on the couch, sucking her thumb. And uh, when he said, no, I am your father. Because, like, we had just, I had a little thing with her beforehand about, like, uh, all right, just recapping what we saw in the movie a few weeks ago. And the whole thing about how Anakin Skywalker was Luke's dad. And uh, Darth Vader, according to Obi-Wan, betrayed and murdered him. And and all that just got all that in her head. And, went, and <laughs> he said, he told me enough. You killed him. No, I'm your father. And the thumb slowly <laughs> comes out of her mouth. And she looks at me like... Is that true? <laughs> oh, it was freaking magic. It was so cool. She was completely caught off guard by it. And like, she hasn't been, you know, itching for, you know, she's not asking me a ton of Star Wars questions, which is fine. Her first question after the movie was, when are we going to see more of Ahsoka? <laughs> Hell yeah. We, nice. we showed them the, uh, uh, what's it? The, uh, Clone Wars animated movie a while back. Like, I think it was sometime last year, just because I was in the mood to watch Star Wars with them, and then I didn't think they were ready for, or she was ready for Empire. So uh, we did that, and she thought Ahsoka was cool. And also, we've played with lightsabers a lot, and she knows Ahsoka from playing lightsabers with me, because she was Very looking cute. for a, a girl character to be, and I was like, well, that's that's if you're going to be a girl character with a lightsaber, that's the one. Heck so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good times, good times were had by all. I, it's going to be what a, another. It's going to be a couple of weeks before it's my pick again. So we've got and a little she's time. She's going to love the Ewoks. She's good. Yeah, I think she's going to really like Jedi, and I think she's <laughs> going to really like um, the new ones too, the new trilogy, the sequel trilogy, because like they're because it's got a girl protagonist. It's got a girl protagonist. They're a lot more um, modern. Like they're very visually appealing movies. Like mm-hmm. and she's such a visual person as far as like when watching movies and stuff goes i think she's going to get a lot out of the uh out of the sequel trilogy so i'm excited to get there so and now, it's just nice to not have to keep that secret anymore <laughs> do you think that your kids are actually star wars fans or at least john is or do you feel like right now you're just kind of sharing stuff with them and they watch it and it's cool but they're they not are casual star wars fans okay like they're not like they're not like me. They're not super interested in the lore, but they're happy when it's on. Mm-hmm. Like I've I I'll watch Star Wars around them. Like I'll just be folding laundry and be like, "All right, I'm going to throw Star Wars on in the background," and they will sit and watch it. And mm-hmm. like they remember all the stories that we read as kids. Their little five minute Star Wars books and stuff. They remember all that stuff, and mm-hmm. they think it's cool. But they're not like they're not think it's cool to the extent of actively seeking it out. But that's because I've been. I don't know if it's because, but I've also been very sparing with what I sh- I've shown them so far. Like, you know, they thought episode one was really cool because as a little kid, sure, episode one's cool. You know, to, there's not much to it other than like the, the pod race, the light, the Darth Maul lightsabers. Like they both think Darth Maul is really cool and the double bladed lightsabers cool and all that jazz. But like actually following the story mm-hmm. doesn't start to get cool until, you know, Empire really. And yeah. mm-hmm. now they're kind of there. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm not holding them to it. It's, it's like I, they, I'm sharing stuff that I like with them and it seems to be going pretty well. Okay. That they also seem to be very interested just to tie it back to TV a little bit. They, they seem to have some interest in uh, the Mandalorian because they want to see baby Yoda and they think baby Yoda is cute. 
Yes. We watched actually a little bit of Mandalorian a while back. Uh, Just it was during a day when I was doing some chores. I think I was folding a bunch of laundry or something. I was doing a bunch of... uh, a bunch of work on on the uh, on in the living room, and it was like I just decided to turn on the Mandalorian, and they were both kind of captiv- captivated by it. Like not so much that it was like, oh yeah, this is we're we're definitely watching this now. It was a uh, it was just like a, a, a casual interest, and they've shown interest in watching it again. Okay, so. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm in this weird crossroads because we've still got a bunch of Ducktales left, mm-hmm. and Duck Ducktales is going great. They love that show, so um, it's really just a matter of like, all right, well, where do I go after Ducktales? Because this isn't going to be around forever. You know, there there is a finite amount of Ducktales content. So, do I go to? I know they both like that current Ninja Turtles, the not the current Ninja Turtles tar- cartoon, the um. 2012 show like i know that's yeah, a hit show's great with them if i want it to be uh and then there's also the what's it the um i thought about voltron bunch and of course there's like more star wars stuff could i i could just really double down on star wars this year and uh that could be really fun um do <laughs> i do like clone wars obviously is like an option but it's not the be- see clone wars i would have to curate the hell out of right, because right, right. so much of that would bore the crap out of him because that <laughs> show's insane there's a bajillion episodes and like half of it is just nonsense and uh but you know the other half of it's cool stuff so i mean maybe if i could figure out a good a much further curated uh list than what i currently have which is already pretty thoroughly curated um to maybe just like knock it down to most of the Jedi stuff and just a little bit of the clones. Um, maybe that could be fun. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just wondered what it's like as a parent trying to introduce them to stuff that you're into and then gauge their reactions. And I think we've talked about this on, on here a little bit before, but it's just really fascinating when you're like, yeah, like we, you know, the kids are learning this secret about this thing in star Wars or like, you know, you're taking the time to introduce them to your your favorites and it, it's like i don't know i guess i get a little apprehensive sometimes when you're doing it because i'm like what if they don't like it i mean yeah we've we've been down that road doctor who still has not su- stuck with them so yet sorry, but Karen. i think we're getting close to that to be perfectly honest i'm trying not to get my hopes up y'all <laughs> i know you have mentioned in the past that like you feel as though you're going to be the parent who introduces more television to them when they're older versus chris having a little bit more accessibility when they're younger i think because yeah. i'm a fucking child <laughs> <laughs> i mean i didn't say it <laughs> i did it's you true like, you like what you like that's all that matters <laughs> exactly i was john's age when i started watching doctor who okay so, so he's i i think i think it's entirely possible that we could get some doctor who out of them maybe this year okay okay oh karen i'll be waiting um that's very very cool okay well speaking of stuff that we like to watch um who wants to go first talking about what they've been watching i think we should I'll just go first <laughs> be, before you dive into to yours i think we should all just make an announcement that everybody needs due to the fact we're not talking about it According to what Chris said, everybody needs to watch Letter Kenny. That's it. Just a grand statement. 
Make it happen, people. If you're not watching, yeah, Sean Doyle's been telling me to watch it for ages. We finally started it. It's uh, it's certainly not what I thought it was. I don't know why I thought this was an animated show, like Big Mouth or something, and uh, it's definitely <laughs> not that. <laughs> it's funny you say that though, Chris, because when I first heard about the show, I thought the same thing, and I don't know why. It's funny is when I first saw it, I thought they were a band. <laughs> Like I thought the image that I saw, I thought it was like an album cover for a country western band. So. Well, yeah, because Evan saw me. So for anyone who doesn't know, I had done a piece recently as a commission. It was like a fan art piece where a person asked me to insert him and his friends into the imagery of them sitting at the farm stand. Um, and it looks like a band photo. <laughs> I'm like, letter Kenny, what the hell is this? Eh, whatever. And then you requested, and I think we are... N- just finishing up season three now yep nice so good so funny yeah i'd like to i i really i wanted to talk about this week that mm-hmm. this week but i've only seen three episodes and i i feel like i haven't seen quite enough to really have a conversation about it so okay we'll get there we'll, we'll get, get there. we'll get you there i promise yes but go ahead i apologize for interrupting thing. go on Steal all right show. i'm gonna go first just because what i'm gonna talk about i don't really like all that much um <laughs> Uh, so I figured I'd get it out of the way. And you are you're just to continue the Star Wars train. Exactly. We're already, you know, me prattling on about Star Wars, so I might as well continue. I've I uh I've I've been watching this season of The Bad Batch and I I wasn't super enthused about this show last season either, but it you know, it wound up being pretty pretty much okay by the end of uh the season and i gotta say this season is uh not it does not have my toes curling you know it's uh these characters just aren't interesting enough to carry a tv show they're certainly doing bringing some interesting like they're trying some interesting stuff they're bringing up some interesting um theoretical plot lines or at least ideas but they're not they're not following up on any of them they keep doing these things where they introduce like a concept of like oh well you know we're introducing this is how the empire went from clones to stormtroopers and this is what happened to all those clones afterwards like you know people fought for their rights in the senate because they're living beings and there was an argument of whether or not they deserve to have basic human rights because they are products and like ah, oh, that's an interesting conversation and then it just freaking stops and they go on a treasure hunt for some <laughs> damn reason it's like there you go all right i get it it's a kid's show but also like you keep introducing this interesting stuff and then just stopping like the whole season wrapped up last season and i was like all right i will definitely watch a season two i mean obviously i would anyway because i'm a star wars war but i'll watch a season two of this because i'm interested to see what happens one of the whole thing with the Bad Batch is that they're a group of clones that all had these, like, specific genetic mutations. Like, they were messing around with the clones, the con- like, the, their whole thing, and these guys came out with these specific enhancements. And like, alright, this dude's really good at hunting, this dude's really good at technology, and et cetera, et cetera. And was like, alright, this is a cute little backdoor pilot. I don't know if these characters are worth a TV series, but in Dave Filoni, I trust. And, um... <laughs> One of them was this uh, sniper named Crosshair, and the whole thing with last season was that um, Crosshair believed that, or uh, he's very much a soldier, and he believed that Order Sixty Six 
that's what they said to do. So that was the right thing to do. That if that's what he was told to do, good soldiers follow orders. And the rest of the the bad batch, because they were these genetic mutations, um, they didn't experience Order sixty six. The whole chip thing in their head just didn't freaking work. Gee, so they're like, "What was Order sixty six? Oh, sorry. Um, Order sixty six was when um, in uh, the third movie, episode three, they were like, uh, "It's basically they implanted this thing in the clones' heads." That was like. As soon as they were told to execute Order 66, they were to turn on and murder all the Jedi. And that's how the Empire took over. That was like, all right, the clones betrayed all the Jedi, the Jedi didn't see it coming, and they killed most of them. And uh, so that's how they got away with that, uh, was the clones surprise attacking all the Jedi and murdering just about all of them. There's like a small handful of Jedi that didn't, you know, that survived. Um... And it was a thing that was a chip that was implanted in their heads. Because, like, the clones, the whole thing with the clones was that they were to team up with the Jedi to work together on battle situations. And they were supposed to be partners. So um, they implanted a chip that would just override their free will and be like, kill the Jedi. And they'd be like, okay. And a lot of clones now in the Bad Batch are looking back on that like, I don't know, man, that's, that doesn't seem right. That, I they were our friends, right? This doesn't make any sense, but clones don't have very long lives, typically speaking. So <laughs> it, it seems like a problem that would eventually solve itself. Um, but anyway, they had this whole rift with a uh, crosshair and that turned out to be like the big thing last season where they kind of wound up, you know, sort of seeing eye to eye for a little bit. And then they, they both went their separate ways and crosshair went back to the, uh, went back to the Empire, and the rest of the guys you know, went off to do their you know, freelance bounty hunting thing or whatever they're doing. And it was, it, was, it was threatening to be interesting. And then, like, they have barely touched on Crosshair this season at all. And then they introduced some other shit where they're like, uh, they, were out, they were out on, uh, I forget what planet they were on, but uh, they were uh, being targeted by an assassin. Uh, the, um, was it Captain Rex, who's a a clone who's still working with the Empire, uh, but he was a really cool dude all throughout the Clone Wars cartoon. They uh, they were targeted by an assassin, and um, that assassin turned out to be a clone, but he was like a new clone, and they shouldn't have any new clones because they basically blew up the planet that uh, the clones were from. So it was this really crazy, cool mystery, and then they didn't talk about it for two more episodes. <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, you just introduced this cool stuff, and then we're right back to a bunch of stuff I don't care about. Out of they, curiosity, the, when the, they the, change from, like, oh, this is what's happening, to we're not talking about it, what are they doing in that time, in that two episodes where they don't talk about it? Uh, It's a lot of, like, one-off stuff. Like, they okay. got stranded on a planet, someone stole their ship, and now they gotta find their ship, and they got stuck in a cave with a bunch of water, and it's just like, you know... Monster of the Week type things, just without episode, any reference. filler episodes. Got it. And filler episodes always have their place. I I don't mind filler episodes. I'm not anti filler episodes in a general sense. Just a we're I think like halfway through the season, and I'm waiting for something to happen that I genuinely care about. And most of what we've seen so far is the the Bad Batch dealing with their silly adventures in. Uh, treasure hunting and things like that and 
they're with some woman on a planet that gives them missions who owns a bar and she's very much a you know just 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 a caricature of that kind of character mm-hmm. and uh i don't care about her and i don't care about her partner who was played by wanda sykes like this <laughs> character showed up for a week and it's like wow that's oh, a very it- unique voice to be choosing yeah <laughs> and she's like this uh roguish treasure hunter lady and they all went out on some treasure hunter mission and she was like was she a good guy is she a bad guy who knows i don't care like (laughs) i don't care what happens to any of these characters the the most interesting character of the main cast is this little girl named omega whose whole thing was that she's a um right so they're all uh, all the clones are clones of Django Fett and Boba Fett's dad, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole deal. They're all clones of the same dude. He was the template for all the clones for the the clone army. And then in the beginning of the Bad Batch, they wind up meeting on Kamino, the planet that the clones are from, uh, a little girl named Omega, and turns out that she was an experimental female clone. She's you know the same DNA as all the rest of the clones, except she's a girl, which is completely unique and why does this why does this kid exist mm. that's really cool yeah that's a neat plot line never got a resolution to it they haven't even mentioned that shit this year <laughs> what she's she's just with them she's she, there she's she's there and she's an interesting enough character i guess but she's just there they don't they haven't touched on like who she is why she is or anything i mean most of the Kaminoans or the the people who made her are are dead because that was the other big thing at the end of the last season was the Empire ordered them to the the remaining clones to blow up Kamino like their home planet and then they had this whole thing where they blamed it on a uh, like severe weather or something it was just this whole like completely see through cover up but you know it's clones so nobody cares and they keep touching on this interesting you know the politics of whether or not these characters can be considered living beings and then they just don't do anything with it. And I get it's a kid's show, but you're going to introduce these topics, follow through, man. They didn't shy away from this stuff in the clone wars, but it does seem to be falling into the same trap as the clone wars where it's just going to be like, we're just going to do a bunch of bullshit for a while. (laughs) It's just, Mm. we could tell stories, but we're not gonna, we're we're going to tell these little one-off things. And there's more than enough Star Wars out there that, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not here for anything that doesn't have a, that doesn't seem to be building to some sort of purpose with interesting characters. They don't have to be direct ties to legacy characters. Like, it just has to be leading towards something interesting and have interesting enough characters to begin with. And the fact that the whole Bad Batch are just these character archetypes, like, they're just archetypes. Like, one's a nerdy dude, one's a big, strong, stupid dude. One's like the the silent loner. One's the turncoat. Like they are all just basic caricatures. They're not interesting enough to carry a TV series. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't hate it. I'm entertained enough, but just barely. Yeah, that's rough. Like my brother is actually a fan of the show, um, or at least he was for the first season. I remember him talking about being excited for the show coming out, and I was like why and he's like angie i'm a star wars fan like 
I like the Bad Batch. I like clones and I like Clone Wars and da 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 da. And I was like, yeah, we'll see. So now I'm going to go back and be like, well, my friend Chris watched it and he's not that impressed. So you better tell me what's up with this show. And my friend's a better Star Wars fan than yeah, you I'm are. Yeah, I'm going to be like, and he's a star whore. Okay. So <laughs> hey, get if, up your if game, he, little brother. If he's enjoying it, then God bless him. That is great. I, I want people to enjoy no, it. No, we have I to tell him I'm he's wrong, Chris. <laughs> Oh, right. I'm sorry. We're not supposed to let people enjoy things. Right. Obviously, you're not a true Star Wars fan if you don't know that. God. Nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. That's the truth. Oh, man. Well, I'm sorry that the season's disappointing, though, because I, I've, I appreciate the fact that you will always give things a fair shot. And for you to, like, I don't know, have that kind of review about a Star Wars show like you i remember you not being super impressed with the first season and just being like yeah it is what it is i mean it's okay but like this one it's it feels like you're really you're like struggling to find something to keep going back to other than the words star and wars in the title of it yeah so i was kind of surprised when i saw the first season season, right i can forgive a lot in the first season they're they're figuring out what the show is i get that but you're past that now you know that that that's over you yeah you should know what you are by now we should be leading towards there should be a story you're trying to tell that's interesting enough for mm-hmm. me to stick through you trying to tell it however you're going to do it yeah and it's just not it, it's not landing with me and it's a it's a bummer but it's it's not like i have it's not like i have a a shortage of star wars stuff to pay attention to so it's yeah it's not that big a deal it's just a kind of annoying yeah mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense well, I, I'm curious to see if it gets better. So, you know, as you keep going through the season, I'd like to know. Yeah, me too. I suspect it might. I mean, how long it, is the season? Never gonna be a, well, that's a good question. I don't know how, many, how much longer it's going for, but like right. Mandalorian's right around the corner. So I can't say I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's 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 like really soon. So. It's like, oh go. no, Bad Batch isn't doing it for me. Whatever will I do? Whatever oh, I'll just shall watch you Mandalorian do? In like a week. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, oh, I'm looking forward to that coming back. But all right, well, okay, uh, Karen, what have you been watching? Uh, well, I made it through season two of Ginny and Georgia. I know. <laughs> so I didn't realize it was back yet. I knew it was coming, and I just like kind of have lost track because I don't have a Netflix subscription anymore. So please tell me what your thoughts were. Did you watch it all? Nope. Not even one. I haven't like not even a trailer for Nothing. season one or two. Two. Okay. Season two is out, honey. Get but on you did it. watch season one. I did. Okay. So for people who don't know this show, it is uh, about this single mother. Uh, she has two kids, both by different fathers. Um, and when we meet the family, they uh, have just moved to this town in New England somewhere. Um, and it turns out you find out over the course of season one that uh, Georgia is the mother. I get them confused because of the names. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia uh, is running from having just uh, murdered her ex-husband. As you do. As you do. She uh, poisoned him with some plant um, that made it look like he had a heart attack. So it was, you know, but like it was hard, hard for anyone to tell that it wasn't natural. Why ever would he um, do such she do such a thing, Karen? Well, because he put his hands on her daughter. 
Yeah, that's uh, right. Her teenage fucker daughter got was coming. Is Sorry. Ginny. Yeah. Um so the first season is all about her like there's a it's a somebody connected to the guy that she killed um I think it was his first wife who you know wants money in the will or something or insurance money. She hires a detective to like find out what really happened and the whole first season is really about her trying to like get away with this murder and kind of like found her new life in this new town um and like try and give her kids some stability in this new place um and at the end of the first season her both her kids Mm -hmm. or just yeah both her kids yeah they're they're um, run away find out what she did and run away um so like they don't run away like they run away to um the teenage the older daughter's uh father who lives not that far away um so like beginning of season two we start with them the two of them the two main characters not really getting along and i hated it mm-hmm. <laughs> not that i hated the show it was just like oh like the the whole thing that makes the show great is the chemistry between the mother and the daughter and they're mad at each other or at least the daughter is mad at the mom um and the mom is not is <laughs> not acting like an adult in the situation shocking um right so uh, but it eventually resolved itself um from there the detective who was investigating the murder of the the most recent ex-husband he's still around um because he finds out that that wasn't the only time that she uh murdered one of her husbands um so like hmm? oopsie yes oopsie (laughs) oopsie (laughs) um the the thing I th- like I thought was really interesting going along. You guys are laughing about her murdering all her husbands, but I'm, t- I'm laughing it's at the thing Evan. I thought was interesting. Not the murdering multiple. Hu- that wasn't the thing that was interesting. The murdering multiple husbands. I, I mean, gotta it, hear this. I think it was the reason for mur- murdering multiple husbands because as you go along and watch it and find out what happened in her life that caused her to be in all these situations. She's like a kind of a, you know, textbook example of like everything that possibly could go wrong for a woman in this country, like in like bad situations, bad decisions, just a lot of bad, Mm -hmm. like everything that could go wrong for her did. She came from a bad home. So she left when she was a teenager. She just keeps trying to do the right thing. And, uh, it, keeps blowing up in her face the uh the parents uh or yeah the parents of the father of her first kid are like they try to offer her um like stability but in there she has to like give up some freedom with her daughter and she doesn't want to do that she'd rather keep her kids than anything else so she like doesn't accept that and that's why it doesn't work out with the first dad um, and then she, so she ends up being on her own and having to do all these questionable things, um, because men are shitty. Uh, mm-hmm. so, but she, you know, she, she's always trying to do the right thing, but she tries to do the right thing and it doesn't work out. And then she has to do the wrong thing. And that, that actually ends up working out for her. And the wrong thing is murder. Um, they, this season they brought in an Ashmore. I believe it's Aaron. Might be Sean. I don't know which one. 
Um, but it, it was the same one that was in Lock and Key. Okay. That doesn't help. Does that help? Here, I think it's... Hold on. I want to say Sean. I want to say it was Iceman. Then I'm going to go with Aaron. That would be... Hang on. I'm looking Jimmy. it up. It is Aaron Ashmore. Okay. So he was in Lock and Key. Hold on. I'm looking to see if he is also the same one. Uh, From Aaron, Ashmore, Jenny, and Georgia. It would appear that it was Ashmore. Both of them. No, Twist! <laughs> Red Ashmore. Evidently, it was Aaron Ashmore anyway, so. for all of this. He is everywhere. Okay. Aaron is all things. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the same guy from Lock and Key because as I'm watching it, he plays the father to the younger kid, to George's younger kid, uh, oh. who all we know about him is that, quote, he is in jail mm-hmm. and that uh, the son, the little kid was writing letters to his dad, but the mom never like sent them to him in jail. They find that out in season one and they're all upset at her for that. Um, so he makes a reappearance without giving too much uh, spoilery info um, and he's not a good guy and that was really like interesting for me to watch having come off of seeing him in Lock and Key and be like Uncle Duncan and like like a, a, an ally to the kids. Yeah, not and anymore. And this was like total 360 of that. Um, they had another episode where um, they did a really good job of portraying um, one of Ginny's like uh, there's a whole like teenager teen drama element to the show too because they show Ginny and her friends and all their issues um mixed in with all this like murder and intrigue stuff um so there was a really great episode where Ginny's boyfriend has depression and they did a great job with like the way it was shot the way it was lit the way they kind of like just left out certain events and like only focused on certain things to like really make the viewer experience what depression feels like Mm. um and then they went back the next episode and kind of like rewound and showed you all the other stuff that was happening in everyone else's lives while this kid was like just completely out of it that's kind of that was that was a really interesting device um so yeah i would say overall go ahead and watch the second season i i enjoyed it um there was a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on so it sounds like uh, you have like a level of sympathy for or at least appreciation for Georgia. I mean, yeah, when you sit back and like obviously murdering people is not good. <laughs> Episode but, title, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you see everything that she went through in your life, you understand how she got there, you know? It's, it's acceptable like, murder. Kind of what else did you want her to do? So, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, and this is part of the thing that I'd have to, like, either skim through the first season again, but I remembered, and I think I texted you a few times while I was watching it, because I remembered watching the show and being like, I don't really like her most of the time that I'm watching her, and I didn't, even when I would see the situations that she came from, I would feel like there were a lot of instances where, like, she could have made a better choice, but she didn't, because... 
like you said, she came from a specific background and maybe she just wasn't equipped with like those tools in her mind to make other choices. And now she's really trying to change her life, but she's still doing it through means of manipulation and lying. Right. So she's like continuously done that. And I know it's all to protect her children, but there's a part of that, that like, I think sometimes I recognize behaviors that I've seen in my own life. So I'm a little bit more critical of them and a little bit less forgiving of this fictional character. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it was just interesting because like, even now listening to you talk about it, like I just remember, like I didn't, I didn't really like her. Like there were a lot of things I had a problem with and I had a lot of issues with the way that she parented her children or her lack of parenting. Um, And then you learn. So there are some, some more really bad parenting things that happened. Yeah. And like, but the thing was they, what I remembered liking about the show was that to me, it felt like they did a good job of being like, yeah, this is a woman who doesn't always make good choices. In fact, she often makes terrible choices and, but she loves her children so fiercely and they do a good job of making her flawed, but still somewhat forgivable. Um, You know, even if it's, you know, I can't say I find her character super relatable, but I think to some extent, like, I, I feel that I can feel sorry for her as a character. And so it makes me more tolerant of her behaviors. Um, but I haven't watched it in so long. (laughs) So I also feel like there's a level of forgiveness for me with her because, um, like obviously she made a lot of terrible choices but mm-hmm. also she didn't have any like positive influences right. as a child mm-hmm. and uh then like she tried to she went out on her own and not like just met with nothing but bad mhm and she was still not like you know she she was a teenager when all of this stuff was good. She's still kind of a child. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, she made bad choices, but she was, she's Ginny's age when she's making all these bad choices. Like, yeah. Didn't we all make bad choices? She made, like, worse choices than most of us <laughs> made, but she, made she was in a different choices. situation yeah. than hopefully most of us found ourselves in in our teen years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, that's one of the things that I just remembered finding kind of neat about the show is the best way I could put it because I definitely had a lot of moments where I struggled with being like oh and like I would want her to get caught sometimes because I was like you fucking lied again you manipulative bitch like I was just get so annoyed with her but as the show went on and you did get more context so many more of her behaviors like you said like they do start to make sense um and, and I- also there is a moment towards the end of the season where um that that she makes a different choice for the first time mm-hmm. instead of like lying and manipulating um and that is leading into season three so that's pretty cool character growth what the hell Ew. <laughs> that's Gross. insane i love it well, and also cool. it's just uh, fun for me anytime scott porter is in anything because then i flash back to friday night lights and i'm like oh good for him <laughs> Aww. He's not paralyzed anymore. I never watched Friday Night Lights. <sighs> it's such a comfort show for me. I, oh yeah, my god. Not only did I not ever watch that show, but I don't really know much about it. Football. 
Oh, is that what it was? Inspirational Te- football. Listen, Texas. Is it Texas says inspirational that, but It's not football? actually a football show. It's yeah. like you don't have to know anything about football to watch it. That's fair. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's a good that's a, the way a good show should It's be. about football the way Ted Lasso is about soccer. Exactly. Soccer is life though in that show, and I don't know if you're aware Football of that. Football is life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We may have been rewatching Ted Lasso recently. Oh, it's yeah, so I, worth I it. finished my oh, that's what I should have talked about. I finished my Scrubs rewatch and I am officially on the train of that last season is a complete fucking waste of air. Uh, even they are. So that I listened to a podcast of Chirk and J D doing a rewatch. Okay, they are not rewatching the final season because, like, what I mean, I I stuck up for it. It's not terrible television, you know, it's when not it, Scrubs. It, on taken on its own. But Scrubs fucking ended. Like, yeah. there's a whole emotional ending. Like, it was over. One of the best then, endings. Yeah, it was a great ending. It was it was very well done. And then, like, ah, never mind. Oopsie. <laughs> Psych your mind. We can do we can do one more. And uh yeah. Uh, no. Just that's no. what happens. But well, I finished that and I was like, all right, well Ted Lasso's coming back soon, so I'm gonna go ahead and jump on the old Ted Lasso rewatch train because holy crap, that's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. My val- one of my Valentine's Day cards to my lovely wife was a Ted Lasso card. It really was though, <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> I save all of yeah. I save all of the cards that Evan gets me, and that one might even get a frame. Nice, aw, the one I got for Chris at Chickens that we're singing. <laughs> oh. I have it over on my desk. I could go get no, it if you want. We're good. If you want to hear the song? I, do, I don't. I really break, don't. We're good. Thank you. So, honey, would you like to share what you've been watching? Uh yeah. Um, I I started. To watch um, a show called uh, Leverage Redemption, which I don't know if you're aware of it. It's a a continuation of a show called Leverage. And Leverage, I loved the show Leverage back in the day. Um, Evan loves Leverage. Say that five times fast. It's, 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 so anyhow, I, I watched the first episode of this new show. And one of the main characters from the original show is gone. He, he he dead now i immediately stopped watching because that means i didn't finish the original show so I, w- I went back and i started watching the original leverage because now it's 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 hitting me that one of the the main character does not have plot immunity anymore because i know he's dead and i don't know why and i don't know how and he was the most um Fucking i don't know spoilers. broken character of the show um it's a, a character named Nathan Ford played by Timothy Hutton. And he is like, so this show is basically a, a heist con show. Every episode is a, is a heist and I love a good heist movie. So like, you know, oceans 11 and oceans, all of the oceans movies. And, and I like a good ocean movie. And like, that's like, I don't know why I just find them really comforting. And this show has that. So, you know, when it, during a, a heist movie, you know, you're paying attention, paying attention. And then at the very end, they sort of like rewind you and show you the things that you missed throughout mm-hmm. the episode or out throughout the movie that happens in this. And they're there. Like, it's not, Hey, this weird thing happened that you would never know of. And it was great. And it's what I liked the most about this show. The fact that there are five main characters, the brain, the, the, 
the 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 muscle, the, the thief, the hacker, and the grifter, and they all work together now in a Robin Hood esque type of manner, where they're taking down big important people to help the little guy. Every show has like this emotionally uplifting story and they're just trying to do the, the thieves and the bad guys are trying to do right now. Um, there's a lot of great character growth for each of the characters throughout the, the shows. But I mean, I've watched, I don't even know how, like three seasons of this already. And they have a nemesis that shows up every like five episodes and he's not like the big bad because every season has a big bad that they're they're trying to take down but like their nemesis is is jim sterling and it's played by mark shepherd crowley ah. crowley shows up every five episodes and he is in essence playing crowley because i don't know if that's his real voice i think it is but if it's not he the british really, accent it he really does is it all the time that's him um he's now like because they're all sort of thieves and misfits he's now part of interpol and he used to work for the same company that nathan worked for and he got a promotion when nathan went like he is the thorn in their side and whenever he shows up it is so much fun um but what i'm waiting for is to find out why his character doesn't make it into the next show and they they in the next show they 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 hold him in such reverence like they're begrudgingly moving on because he was the only person that could do the role that he does and so on and so forth and like he's an alcoholic he has control issues like there's he's a broken character and i want to see where it goes and it's so much fun it is so entertaining and I can watch pretty much any episode. It, there's no heavy through line. They're super, it's, you know, monster of the week kind of things. And it's so much fun. And the character Parker, who is a thief um, played by Beth Risegraf, She is, as I watch this, she's such a little weirdo and she is so fun. And like, <laughs> I look at Angela and I go, that's you. You see that, right? You see like that, the shit that she's he doing right there. He keeps telling me that like, she reminds me, that she reminds uh, him of me. And I like, it's so funny because like, I'll watch and I'll be like, does she though? Yeah. She's adorable. She's sweet. And she's a, she's a weirdo. So she's actually, it's, she's, it's cool. Cause I, I love that she's an art thief and she like, she's all, uh, She's very quirky. I'll definitely say very that. Quirky. She's very quirky. She's, and she has this weird social social awkwardness about her because she is a thief and she's like the low she doesn't know how to deal with feelings kind of thing. And she the like one of the story arcs or storylines throughout multiple seasons is her getting into a relationship with the hacker who's played by Ildis Hodge, who played Hawkman in Black Adam. Um He's, you know, a very quippy, smart, smart, and funny dude. So, um, watching their relationship blossom over X amount of seasons has been a lot of fun. It's just, it's just a very entertaining show for me. And it's, it's something that takes away, that like takes my mind off of all the rest, like the heavy, heavy stuff. Like I, every once in a while we'll sit down to watch something and I'm like, that's, I don't want, like we still have yet to start watching the last of us because I know how heavy that show is. I've played the game. I know it's heavy. I want to watch it. I just don't have 
the emotional bandwidth to watch it right Can't now. Can't do it. Can't do it. No, sir. I just watched a, a movie that was like that, and I was like, oh, okay. I need something else after this, because this is about a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was a great movie. It was, uh, it was Emily the Criminal on Netflix with Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec. Ooh, okay. Nice. Fantastic movie, but like, oh, what so, watch the such day? a bummer. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, our movie night last night or the night before was uh, taken up by um, Magic Mike Extra Extra Large. So, XLBB. you know, it was great. It was a treasure. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of story back there. You got to get caught up because the third one's coming out. Okay, for the record, they actually do have good story in the first one. The second one was a little more flat on storytelling, and that's okay, because it was what it was. But the first one really did have a compelling story. I will not let anyone tell me otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Which led me down the path. My my lovely wife goes, hey, do we have the Step Up movies? I'm like, shit, no, we don't. Okay, so we will. (laughs) Fun fact about this. Dance movies. Yes, I will never apologize for that. But also, the reason why I became so enamored with the idea of watching one of the Step Up movies is not only because Channing Tatum is adorable and he can fucking move, but also because of the fact that we watched The Rookie, as y'all know, and his now, unfortunately, ex-wife is on that show and she's one of the best characters on the show. So upon this discovery, I was like, well, shit, I need to fa- I like I need to watch them fall in love on camera because they met and fell in love on the set of Step Up. And that is freaking adorable. And now they're divorced. But now they're divorced. So that makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they're happier as a divorced people, I, I'm, see, I'm OK with it because currently she is in a relationship with Nathan Fillion, and I'm all right with that. It Wait, may be a fake IR, one oh, on yeah, television. No, it's a television relationship. But she is now... Oh, my God. God, that, and The Rookie, that's a great show, too. So Anywho. Anywho. Isn't she, like, way too young for him, though? I don't know. I just no. haven't seen that way. Okay, I, I don't... Wait. I don't have a lot of familiarity she, with her. She is too no, young I for think who? She's, I think she's age-appropriate. For Nathan okay. Fillion? For Fillion. For Fillion. Yeah. Pretty sure she's the same... She's I mean, within appropriate age range. Hold on, now okay. I gotta Google this. Not, Her name is Jenna Dewan. I, I must be crazy. No, I listen. You you must not be. I, I'm gonna find out. Let's let's do this. <laughs> I had the I, all, all I know is is every every time I see Channing Tatum act, I'm like, damn, he is a charming and relatively good actor. Like he had this. <laughs> there, there was this line about um, it was a a girl sitting on a on a counter eating red velvet cake and she's like you want some he's like no i'm not i'm not a cake guy i'm a cookie guy and she goes what he goes yeah, yeah, yeah. i would polish off a pound of oreos before touching a bite of that garbage and i was like that's real like he's real like the way he presented that information that was truth <laughs> it seemed believable uh, they have and- a nine-year age difference it's not that bad no, I, yeah. she's older than i thought she was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so wait okay she is nine years younger than nathan Fillion. yes she's 42 yes. Okay. she is she oh, looks damn age. good. Yeah. It's kind of upsetting, actually. But, you know, that they're this TV relationships. But how old is Channing Tatum? Oh, he's in his 40s, too. So they were age appropriate. Well, what's he- to say? Who's to say somebody's not age appropriate nine years apart? Cradle robber. That's true. I just kept saying it over and over again until you realized that we are nine years apart. Oh, Anywho, hon, what bothered. are you watching again? Oh, gee. Hey, thanks. <laughs> oh, we're going to go with that? Okay. So... <laughs> For those of you who don't want to hear me talk about Supernatural, too bad. Um, 
<laughs> so our week started with, for some weird reason, I got this notification on my phone that there was this job opening up in Canada to be a, 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 a like a, a tour guide through all of the hot spots of, of supernatural filming. But the job listing, what did it say, honey? I, I don't, I don't know. You had to be a what? Supernatural. Oh, you're fanatic. Yes. And I, I like. I'm sitting in the office. I look. I go. Hmm. Let me go bring this to my lovely wife's attention. And I showed her, and like she vibrated with excitement. <laughs> I was immediately like, "Wait, can I apply for this job in Canada?" We almost moved to I was Canada like, for they her take to have me? a 15 Jesus hour Please a week don't move job. To Vancouver, you're far enough away as it is. I know. It's just a, actually, it would probably be closer in Vancouver. <laughs> no, Vancouver. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, so the I was going to talk about, and if anyone wants to, if anyone who listens to this uh, watches the show um, Servant, I'd be curious Ooh, yeah. to know because that's what I was going to possibly talk about. Um, but it's a really dark show. And uh, I got back into Supernatural because, A, why wouldn't I? But B, because um, after our last recording when I was like, shitting all over the Winchesters uh, I felt like I should maybe go a little easier on this production and, and give you know give Supernatural another watch so I could really go into that show with fresh eyes um, but like also a more relevant perspective of the Supernatural universe because I hadn't watched the show since you know the 15th season had ended and I hadn't done a rewatch of the show in years um so yeah, are you actually doing a full rewatch? I'm doing like a full start- rewatch. I'm nice. on season three right now. Cause I've just been playing it. I've, I've had off for a few days from my main job. So I've been working my other job, which is my freelance stuff. And while I'm working freelance because it's supernatural and I played it literally every day through three years of art school on repeat. Um, I just like, I can put that show on in the background and it genuinely doesn't disrupt my work. Um, so like I've kind of just been re-going through the seasons and one of the things that I've realized is like I remember being really critical when I was talking about the Winchesters of the fact that like John and Mary were able to like handle a demon um, because the when they when the Winchesters initially encountered demons it was the demon on the plane and then the first demon they ever encountered after that outside of like a brief you know touch with yellow eyes was really Meg Um and they were, I could tell they were still kind of like finding their stride. Like, I still love the fact that the very first time they talk about encountering a demon, they're like, say the word Christos and they're forced to react. And that's the <laughs> only episode they ever use it in. <laughs> and it's just like, I want a t-shirt that says Christos. <laughs> that was so funny. Like, he was like coughing it under his breath. <laughs> yes. It was so good. And they're like, she's like, what? Excuse What? And like, oh my God, it was just so good. Um, but just going through, like I, like I'm on season three, episode three right now. And, um, I remember by the time I got to like season eight or nine, whenever they'd get into a fight and then like have a mini boy band breakup, I'd be like, yo guys, get the fuck over yourselves. Like seriously. Um, by season 11, I was like really just adamantly over it. Uh, (laughs) But for the beginning of the series, at least in these first three seasons, like it hasn't quite been like that yet. Um, They really just had the Orchard episode where they kind of like get into a fight and then Sam's with Meg and Dean ends up almost getting murdered by the skin stealing scarecrow. Um, (laughs) As you do. Right. Uh, 
but yeah, it like it's so nice to just be back in this like universe that I love with all these really fun things. And the number of really good episodes that occur in just the first two seasons, I forgot how strong they were. Um, but what it also did it is it, is it reminded me of how good their pilot was because their pilot, I mean, a lot of the, the really good one-liners like, um, you know, driver picks the music, passenger shuts his cake hole, uh, the bitch and jerk thing. um, just uh like no chick flick moments like all of a lot of that was the first episode and it was just really amazing and entertaining to see that like even in the first episode the show seemed to have its stride and it had a voice i did not feel like it had any pilot syndrome stuff like Mm -hmm. it it really just captivated me and even as a fan like going back where I thought maybe I'd be a little more critical and be like, oh, you know, like, oh, there's here's this dumb behavior that Dean has or here's this like whiny bitchy thing that Sam does or whatever. Like it didn't do that. And it it really just I just thought it was great. I really thought they did a good job of taking you and and just putting you in the middle of this universe and being like, yeah, OK, I can accept this is the the circumstances and rules by which they play. <laughs> like, sure. Um and the way that uh, I will say one thing I think is really funny is like Sam's uh, I guess it's je- technically like Jared Padalecki is like slight overacting at times, but there are just <laughs> so many at times. <laughs> there's so many episodes in the beginning where he's like, tell me about that moment. And like just his like his little like eyebrow quiver and his like, I'm really here for you, perfect stranger. And they're like, yes, let me tell you everything. <laughs> like, it's just so funny the way that he would like try to show his his empathy. And like, you know, there there were a couple times where I would be in the middle of my work and I'd look up at the screen just to roll my eyes at Sam. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> um, it's just it's so funny but like it it works with for this character and eventually you know he gets better one thing i also have noticed is that he is way better at being a villain than he is at being a good guy um interesting any any time that he starts to take on a role where he's like tapping into his quote-unquote dark side he it's weird how well he seems to do with that role like it's easier for him um it just I don't know, like, especially because I've watched some of the behind the scenes stuff, like you've even seen the blooper reels, hun, where you'll see, you know, Jared will just start laughing and he'll be like, God, this line is terrible. Like, this is such bad acting. And he'll like call himself out and then everybody has a laugh. But what I've noticed is like, there are times where I'm like, I bet it took him a few takes to do this scene. And when he does the scenes where he's like in character as an evil or like dark person and taking on that, that like angrier, more serious role, the way his whole like demeanor changes, I really do feel like sometimes he just slipped into that more easily. And I, I think maybe it's because he doesn't have to have as much depth. He gets to just kind of turn off in a way. Um, mm-hmm. mm. Makes sense. I don't know. And it's, it's just something that I, I, I thought was really neat, but I do like how well when he does it, he really shifts into that change. Um but yeah, like I've been paying a lot of attention to just the way that uh, their characters evolve over the first two seasons and how, you know, Dean's character is often noted as being the character who carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. You know, he was raised with this whole like, take care of your brother, be a good little soldier mentality. Um, 
but it really feels like in the first like at least five episodes that he loves being a hunter and he's really proud of what he does and as he faces the reality of the fact that like his brother he's like completely upset his brother's life and you know they're having all this trouble finding their dad and then when you go into season two and like they've lost their dad like that weight really weighs heavy on him and i just think it's interesting how quickly it changes in that first season because it seems as though like up till that moment he's been living his life where he can he kind of shirked that feeling of responsibility in favor of the freedom of just being sort of a delinquent um so i i I just, I don't know, like, it's really fun to kind of watch the characters grow up from the perspective that I have now and knowing where it goes um, and knowing that I haven't watched it from the beginning in a while uh, and just seeing the range that Jensen Ackles has uh, as, a, as an actor is, is really cool. Um, and getting to revisit Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby. He dropped his first idiot in one of the recent episodes. And I was like, yeah, Bobby, you're here to stay. <laughs> Except for he's when not, he dies eventually. <laughs> but he's in for, I mean, if you think about how long characters would last in this show, he is one of the longer surviving longer characters. Longer than most. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm laughing as you're talking about Jared Padalecki's acting because I've been rewatching Gilmore Girls. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like, I can't remember um, back in the day whether I was more of a Dean girl or a Jess girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was more of a Jess girl because they have better chemistry. Um, But, you know, rewatching it in my 40s, I'm like, they're teenage boys. They're both idiots. Yep. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. They're both being the worst right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And yet the every worst. time like somebody's about to kiss somebody else, I'm like <gasps> Right? Oh yeah, of course. Because we, we It doesn't matter. I get the butterflies anyway. I want the romance and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, Jared Padalecki's acting is uh, an interesting topic. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and it's like so hard because I don't want to be like that critical of someone who I'm still a fan of, but, oh, there's just moments where I'm like, my guy, take a breath. Think about what you're doing. Okay, let's go. with the scene. Mm Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, you know, I'm never going to be a person who acts or fully understands acting. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy to like be back in this show and in the stage where I really, truly loved it. Um, And it's, I just hope going into the Winchesters, like spoiler alert for anyone who's not aware. Also they're bringing in characters from later seasons into the Winchesters and I'm not sure how I feel about it right now. So, but I'm excited. I at the we same decided time. at the end of the last episode that we weren't going to watch the Winchesters. We, and nobody we got news, should. like it was a news article, and we're like, "Shit!" Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm it. not. I haven't gone back to the show. I'm genuinely thinking that I want to do a rewatch of all 15 seasons of Supernatural, even if I do get to a point where I skip through parts of some of the seasons later. Because after the fifth season, there was a lot of stuff I didn't like for like 
the next five seasons. I didn't like the Leviathan arc. I didn't like a lot of the stuff with Sam coming back from Hell with No Soul. I didn't like the stuff coming after Purgatory, like except for Benny, he was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's just there's like a a lot of stuff that I didn't like. I'm curious to see how I'm going to receive all of that now. Um, but I I I genuinely do want to do this and then like go watch the Winchesters and see if I feel better about it with like all of this stuff fresh in my head as a fan or if I'm going to go into it and be even more critical because they can't even fucking get somebody's eyes right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, eyes don't matter. Um but that's that's it. So I'm back on the supernatural train. Uh, I feel like I'm probably going to check in on this every time we record as I continue to go through it and kind of give a brief download of my feelings. Karen, please let me know if you want me to occasionally just give you my info dump on uh, Messenger. <laughs> I mean, Get you are fix. more than always more than welcome to do that. The other day when you sent me whatever it was about that episode, Heart, I was like, I don't know what she's talking about, and I'm in the yeah. middle of something, so I can't go look it up right now. <laughs> okay, so uh, to yeah, just to to do that really quickly. So for anyone who's a Joss Whedon fan, who uh, or a used to be Joss Whedon fan before he got canceled, but loved Buffy, whatever. Uh, I watched the episode recently where they they found their first werewolf, like on the show. At least it's not the first time they've uh, like what's the canonically, I guess, whatever, like in their history. Uh, it's not the first time they've hunted a werewolf, but it's the first time we see them hunt one on the show. And as they're looking for the werewolf, they find out that it's this woman that they think is being stalked by the werewolf character. And it turns out that not only are they wrong about that, but she is the werewolf and she doesn't know it. Um, and of course, Sam has like this crazy chemistry with her and they end up sleeping together. And like, as you do. Right. And, um, but not until after they think they've cured her, but Sam has to stay and wait to make sure she doesn't turn, of course. Um, and Dean is like seeing the chemistry and it's really funny because he kind of just like sees it and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go be somewhere else now. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really great. Like, you know, the, and she's a really interesting character. Like she did it for, for the one episode she's in. Like, I was like, damn, I wish this character could come back. Like I enjoyed her. Um, but basically the the end result of this episode is they realize that she's not cured when they tried to do the thing to cure her and they ultimately kill her. Uh, and Sam is the one who ends up pulling the trigger because she asks him to be the one to do it. And as per fucking usual, they zoom in on Jensen Ackles face instead of Sam's uh, or Jared's uh, when filming the scene where you hear the gunshot go off because you watch like Dean's heart essentially just crumble into tiny little pieces and melt into a sad puddle of single man tears um <laughs> because he's he he knows that he just let his brother do something horrible and he feels so sad for his brother and like you see all of this empathy on his face and it's like a 15 second like i'm like how did you just take the whole episode and once again bring it back to oh my god you're just the most interesting part of this show and like this episode wasn't even fucking about you. Like, how did you just do that? It's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. But I, I had an argument against the choice that they made on the show because after having watched Buffy, and again, I haven't watched that in years, but I remember they had freaking Seth Green's character, um, Oz, 
he was a werewolf and they would just put him in a cage every month during the full moon and be like, all right, bro, I'll babysit you. See you in the morning. And yeah, it didn't always go great. Um, but like for the most, I'd say it was like 95% effective, almost as good as condoms. Like it was working. <laughs> uh, and in this case, like, they just were like, you know, she's like, well, I can't take that chance. And then, you know, Sam and Dean were like, yeah, we, you know, I think Dean specifically is the one who's like, yeah, like, you can put yourself in a cage. You can try and tie yourself up. You can do whatever you want to do. But eventually, you, you're, there's a chance you're going to get out. And you will get out. And on that night, like, someone else is going to die because of you. And, like, he just puts <laughs> it so, yeah, like, he just, he's very cold about it, and he's detached from her the whole time. There's even another episode where there's a ghost that they're trying to, like, release or banish or whatever. Um, and when they find this ghost, they, they realize she doesn't know she's dead. Um and Dean's like so dismissive and like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't care. You know, what's dead should stay dead. And I don't, monsters are monsters. And, like, it's just this really weird, like, line that he'll draw in the sand and then every now and then he kicks the line um i mean by dying and or becoming a monster no like well oh, yes that, that's later <laughs> but even in the first like even in the first two seasons like there was the episode with the vampires that i call them the vegan vampires because they don't eat people blood they eat animal blood but i mean it's still blood it's not vegan at all um but it's just like the this whole like thing about that speaking of it's really funny because the v vampire in that episode who is like the leader of that group is actually tara from buffy who was at one point willow's girlfriend but anyway um so so like this whole werewolf solution was like hey we're gonna have to kill you now and to me i was just like i think that especially once they have the men of letters bunker had they been in that situation they might have been able to do something different knowing as well the whole thing with like garth later on down the line even though he's an alpha and he had control over his like wolfish instincts and this is like way down the rabbit garth. hole garth idiots oh man that's so that's punk. that's kind of the thing though is that early in the season you know they would have made a different choice further yeah. down the road but that they made the decision that they made at the place that they were at and that's what i love but like, yes and like that's the thing where i was like i think based on joss whedon logic they could have made a different decision and then it would have worked out better for them in the future as well with this one person but also at the same time like exactly that that's one of the things that i i think is like both wonderful and frustrating when you're a fan who knows what's coming for these characters because you're like man if you if you just had the knowledge that you're gonna if have you knew, yeah. yeah if you knew what you'll know five seasons from now yes and i just like i think that that's really cool i don't i don't know but maybe they would still make the same choices and i'd be so curious um and then they have of course like the gin episode where dean gets his like one wish granted and his mom's alive mm -hmm. and, and like there's just so many really good moments in those first two seasons um and I'm just, I'm floored by like how well it's done. I really am. I, I like, I, this, like, I'm all warm and fuzzy about this show all over again, just being in those first two seasons. So really well done. I'm just, I love this show. I really do. <laughs> uh, but that's it. So let's take a break so I can stop gushing about a show no one else cares about. Um, not true. We'll be back shortly. Uh, if there are any other supernatural fans out there, though, I would love to know like your top five favorite episodes. I think I think in fifteen seasons, five is like a decent number because it's really easy for me to get to that. Um, 
but yeah, I would love to hear top five supernatural episodes for fans out there. So as I'm going through the seasons, I can like take special note of them and, and acknowledge those of you who are out there. But uh, yeah, I we're can gonna... try to come up with five, but um, the musicals you mean narrow it down to there. five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to narrow it down to five, but yeah, the musical episode for fucking sure, Karen. Absolutely. <laughs> I tend to like the gimmicky episodes. They're not like whatever the best episodes, but like fan fiction. Yes. The one where <sighs> Dean is scared of everything. Where he's scared that of everything. Hilarious. The one where they go into quote unquote an alternate reality and it's actually this reality like it's the real world and they're there them their actual selves. They are Jared and Jensen. <laughs> Acting. Yeah. And the yeah. trickster episodes are always good. Oh, wait, oh <laughs> the I one just where they're watched... in the TV. <laughs> he just made his first appearance. He was in season I didn't realize how early on that happened because I don't think when they brought him on initially that they intended for him to be Gabriel and he just mm-hmm. was so great. But he got a away in that episode so i knew that they intended to bring him back as a recurring character i just don't i don't there's things that i think about and i'm like how fucking far in advance did you plan this out like how much did you know when you were writing this writers how did how much did you know they play chess not checkers (laughs) oh my god but yeah okay so yeah uh supernatural fans out there who listen to this please please share with me your top five um and make sure Scooby-Doo is on that list. That's all. Okay. All right. We're taking a break. We'll be back. Hi, everyone. Chris here. Podcast listening is free, but podcast creation is not. That's why the Geekade Patreon exists. In an effort to help us pay the bills, we've got a Patreon page set up where you can gain access to our monthly podcast topic schedule, get early access to many of our shows, and more. If you'd like to help support Geekade and keep these shows running week after week, head over to the Geekade Patreon page, linked in the show notes of this very podcast. And now, here's a quick look at some of the other original content, available now from our partners and Geekade.com. First up, in an all-new episode of SparkCast, how would you like to learn all about a simple story from a 16-page sticker book? Me, 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 me! What can be told, colored, and stickered in that amount of space? Sean's most hated Autobots, Gears and Huffer, show up with... (gasps) Dialogue! Wait, let me do that again. With (laughs) gasp! Dialogue! It's the worst Transformers in a story about the mystery of the stolen oil. Plus, the team tries to find out if one Autobot is Optimus Prime, despite the fact that he left already. Is it a clone? A mix of Gears and Optimus due to having to learn so many characters? (laughs) What does all that mean? I don't know. Find out in SparkCast, Episode 72, Sticker Book, Revenge of the Decepticons. Next, Go-Go Power Rangers. Do it better. Next. Go, go, Power Rangers. I love the Power Rangers. You love the Power Rangers, especially when they're both mighty and morphin. And since everyone loves these color-coded heroes, it should come as no surprise that there were a number of video games based on the property. In fact, there were not one, not two, but three whole Power Rangers games on the SNES alone. And the fine folks at the SNES podcast covered all three in one episode. A truly superhuman feat. 
I'd even say it was worthy of the Power Rangers themselves. Don't miss the all, <laughs> don't miss the don't miss all the Mighty Morphin action on the SNES podcast episode two hundred five, the Power Rangers trilogy. Oh, those games were good. Were they though? I played them. I loved them. Cool. Finally, Kevin Costner is a national treasure. Who doesn't love that man and his incredible career? A master of disguise, he truly managed to disappear into all of his roles to the point of unrecognizability. If you didn't tell me that was him in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, I wouldn't have believed you. A truly believable Englishman if there ever was one. He also took a turn as Elliot Ness in The Untouchables, a movie where a little girl explodes and Sean Connery eats a sausage like an apple. If you've never seen this classic, or even if you have, why not listen to Chris, Paul, and Sean discuss it in a theater near you, episode 24, The Untouchables. For all this and more from us and our partners, be sure to keep your eyes on geekade.com. Oh. I mean, with a line like that, why wouldn't you watch? <laughs> The only two things from that movie you put in the commercial were the little girl exploding and the sausage apple. Did anything else happen in that movie? Uh, apparently not kind of worth boring. mentioning. Oh Nothing as important as those two things. <laughs> little girl explodes. <laughs> And we are back. Did you miss us? I know you did. So we are talking about uh, episode two of the first season of Upload. And uh, the title of this episode. Thank you, Evan. Five stars. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So we're talking about five stars. I want to know, Chris and Karen, um, just for a little context, I threw you guys into this because this is where I started with the show and that it was actually what got me hooked like this episode was the one i didn't i had never i think i still have not seen the first episode of the show to be honest um so the premise of the show for you listeners is in 2033 humans can quote-unquote upload themselves into a virtual afterlife of their choosing when computer programmer nathan brown uh, played by the lovely and ever so charming Robbie Amell, dies prematurely, prematurely. He is uploaded to the very expensive Lakeview, but then finds himself under the thumb of his possessive, still living girlfriend, Ingrid. As Nathan adjusts to the pros and cons of digital heaven, he bonds with Nora, his living customer service rep. Nora struggles with the pressures of her job, her dying father who does not want to be uploaded, and her growing feelings for Nathan while slowly be- while slowly coming to believe that Nathan was murdered. So, with that premise in mind, I don't know if you guys knew anything about the show going in, what were your thoughts? I was genuinely surprised to learn that this wasn't a CW show, seeing as it starred in AML true uh, yeah true yes and you know and started off and was like not a cw show i was like oh cool <laughs> uh no i i thought this was great i immediately added this to our list of things to watch uh awesome. which is unfortunately Very really lo- freaking yeah. long right now so <laughs> yeah, okay. we're not going to get to this show proper for a little while but, did you watch uh, it's, the it's first episode what's that did you watch the first episode or did you just jump to the second one just we watched at uh, your recommendation we watched oh. episode two and sweet and I still liked but it, when i go back i want to start from the beginning yeah that makes sense. i do feel like it was easy enough to like figure out what the premise was without having seen the pilot it was like yeah. okay i, I kind of get what's going on here without like having it spoon fed to me yeah okay good that's was, what i thought it was straightforward enough yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I yeah. Think, like the only thing that you don't get in, well, you, you get a taste of it in this episode that you really like in the first episode, pretty obvious is the relationship between him and his girlfriend. girlfriend. Um, Ingrid. Yeah. She's not good. But, um, the fact that like, he is so charming. Yeah, he is he's grossly he is, charming. And I was I, the a male thing like went right over my head until just now. I was like, oh, like I thought, was, oh, this guy's nice looking, and he's you know he's a decent actor. I wonder who the hell he is, right? He's Arrow's <laughs> cousin, I think. Right? Yeah, first cousin. Yep. This... I used to think they were brothers when I was younger, and I had just I don't know why I never just bothered to look it up like an adult. <laughs> I uh, thought they were bro- they were brothers up until we started watching the show yeah and then we googled i it. thought they were brothers up until about four seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that works out um but yeah so some some fun things about the show that i thought were neat uh i had no idea that the creator of this uh greg daniels is responsible for the american version of the office uh he co-created parks and rec and king of the hill um and he's known for being a good writer. Like he's known for creating and working on good and fun, uh, fun titles. And um, I guess I'm becoming. I, I need to acknowledge that I'm a Greg Daniels fan, and I'm going to have to watch The Office because I love Parks and Rec and I love King of the Hill. There uh, it is. <laughs> so, and I love Upload. Like I really enjoy the show. Um, it's a weird that's a weird swath of shows right i know it's but that's so that's what i think i don't know that's part of what the interest is to me and that's why i thought it was fun to mention that he's worked on all these titles because if anybody's hearing that name and they're like well it couldn't be the the greg daniels i know it could um but yeah so okay outside of all that um i'd be curious to know like you you liked it uh was there anything you guys had questions about or was there anything in particular that you st- that stood out to you? Cause like one thing I really like is the way that they have built the society and the technology in this world. I feel like, I mean, if you hadn't said that it was a 2033, I would have told you like, this is a little further in the future. Like it seems a little too close for this to be, this technology to be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel like kind of a natural evolution from where we are now to where, like, we will go with technology. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily with the, um, the, 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 the concept of uploading, but, like, more like reviewing every single fucking experience you've ever had in your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And people's jobs, like, being dependent on a daily customer rating mm-hmm. like my first thought was oh god that's horrible and my second thought is why why aren't why aren't we doing this now like this seems like something employers would do now and somehow make us try to believe that you know is better for us i mean arguably oh, they, they you could say that it does do. yeah I every mean, every they place do. you this go is... to with that circle the receipt and they would do those those uh did you get the credit card do the surveys do the do the survey at the bottom of this receipt and like that stuff matters like the higher ups at companies pay so much attention to that at least Mm -hmm. they did back when i was working in retail and i'm sure it's gotten worse since then this is just seems like such a natural extension of where we are now that just the watching her um you know 
watching her review score drop as she does like you know in real time fl- yeah. in real time and Ugh. like flying through the air pretending to be a duck while he does skeet shooting and like he gives three stars mm-hmm. and that guy was great too the uh Cigarette, cigarette smoking, smoking guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Karen. This Forever. is why I love you. <laughs> Forever. Um, but it was like clearly this is one of the Koch brothers, but not. Mm. Yeah. And just to have <clears throat> just to have a character um, you know, represent that that kind of figure who actually exists in our world, but could completely just be unapologetic like he's in the afterlife what is anybody going to do to him uh oh, yeah. to be like completely explicit and uh, unapologetic about all the, the horrible shit he's done it was like well this is really something yeah <laughs> yes yeah well, and that's the thing like i we it didn't really go too deeply into in this episode but like this is the super super high end heaven in later yeah, episodes could... you will see other um versions uh where you know like it's just not as i don't know polished (laughs) if you will well that's that's one of the things i noticed because he did the uh, whole assignment where he had to like meet five people Mm -hmm. and i was like all these people are terrible this must be rich people's heaven (laughs) yes actually not all of them i'm sorry there's a character named luke who um he was a guy singing that was naked in the bathroom Oh, okay. You will come to know and oh love him. Oh my god, that guy is amazing. <laughs> he is a he's a military guy and I think be- it was like because he was in the military he got in. Yeah. Um but like he I'm trying to think if there's anybody else redeemable in this world. <laughs> like <clears throat> everybody else pretty other, much plays the character. The other thing about I noticed about the upload world is like the show itself seems like pretty diverse and, Mm -hmm. you know, good representation all around. But in the upload world specifically, like you just keep coming across white dudes. And I was like, um, red flag. Yeah. There's a, out of here. (laughs) There's well, it's, and it's for a reason because like it's showing the, the grossness of, of wealth. Um, there's actually like, I it's within this same, universe they they it's like the two gig world yeah well where, it's not the two gig world it's literally just a section that they and it's even it exists within this this lakeview community um it's people who can't afford more data so mm-hmm. they're they're called the two gigs and they as soon as they use their two gigs of data they just like turn off <laughs> until their next month the next and, month <laughs> yeah with their next billing cycle it's really fucking crazy like it's the stuff that they think about on this and also um you know bringing it to the show black mirror there was an episode of that show where they had a a system that was similar where everybody was rated Mm -hmm. um and it just it it's it's somewhat alarming to know that this is now in existence like it it sometimes feels as though society is really moving in that direction where we are going to be dependent upon those ratings in real time uh, and I really fear that existence, <laughs> especially since like c- customer ratings are so useless. Like we were just talking about the other day when we went to see uh, Ant Man, how his how the Rotten Tomato score is like forty eight percent or something. It's like okay, I can't trust anything where anyone reviews like we're we're repeat 
real people review things anymore because they have like ulterior motives. Yeah, yeah. it's like half of it's just agendas. Like, well, I don't like this. I don't like Brie Larson, so therefore Marvel bad. You know, right? And yeah. like right now, like I'm just looking like, and it was weird because I came across like the whale just released, and that's getting like public. Like it's amazing how many people love this movie, and it's at a sixty five percent. Like every every two are are positive for every one that's negative. Like that's reviewers have a tendency to review louder on the negative than the positive do on mm-hmm. the positive. And Vocal no, minority. that's the internet. Yeah. Internet negativity gets attention. And the fact that they show in this episode, him just sitting there and him just giving her the five stars. And she's like straight up uncomfortable. It's like, I think you're breaking the rules. Like this can't be right. Like why not? Someone could give you three stars over and over again for shooting you like a duck. <laughs> like why is that not okay? <laughs> It's, so I do have one question about the world. Sure. Um, so people yep. are in charge of the uploads. Yes. Yep. Uh, people are a finite resource, but dead people aren't. Right. So what happens when there are too many dead people? Like, how, how, could, how could there possibly eventually be enough people to be able to provide customer service for all the dead people? That is a very valid question that this system does not touch upon because this is still uh, relatively cu- new. They touch a little bit on it. Well, so... You know the, the most recent episodes when they were running around the city? When they were running around the city? And he was trying to stop something from happening. Because no, it was, it was so to stop do, talking because like, I feel like you're, you're, you're skating around and I'm not, I'm not grabbing anything. Okay. They, they were wearing iPads on their chests and running around a city. Right. And I can't remember like what they were out. trying to, to yeah. not do. But so I feel like so right now they, in this episode, they also didn't touch upon in in the world. There's a, there's a system of AI. And then within the episode, that AI gets updated so that it, it's it, it sort of becomes more reliant on the technology as opposed to the human aspect of it um but right now it's you know it's still a thriving community like the world is still overpopulated and it's not meant for everybody right so this is something that like this is the niche so like like the lower end communities do not have angels like and and also, like, you'll notice, you know, the cigarette smoking man is like, oh, you made something that challenged a $6 billion industry, yet you were murdered. So you were definitely, I, I, oh, I yeah. appreciated that so much. Yeah. 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 And that 100%, like, that's the thing that Nathan, or that this character, you know, uh, was working on, was creating something that was actually accessible for people who couldn't really afford to be <laughs> uploaded into this fancy AI world because it is really expensive and difficult. And it's, it's something that like you can see everything there is still paid for. And then even in the real world, the the customer service reps, when you see Nora talking to her friend, uh, they're printing their food. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of disconnect in society in this world. Um, and 
so uh, you know as we're watching like at first you kind of sit there and you wonder like is this how the entire world is now um but there is a part i think it'll be like in an episode or two where you'll see like she's actually nora has like um a little like thing that hangs out her window that she's trying to grow like fresh vegetables and stuff on and have like real food <laughs> that someone tried to steal yeah um so there's definitely like there are other things the world is not completely different from what it is now um it's a but slightly the elite... more dystopian kind of situation it's not horribly it's it's very reminiscent of where you can see how we get there kind of thing. It's not way out in left field. Yeah. Like you can see, and you can see how the elite, like it's very much about, I, I felt that they did a decent or actually a very good job in my mind of, of kind of tackling like power dynamics societally um, in the way that they were handling a lot of the show. Another and I appreciate that the show didn't like <clears throat> bothers to take that on rather than like, well, we just want to tell a wacky story about like, you know, wouldn't it be funny if in the future people could get uploaded and like, oh, this one guy was uploaded, but turns out he was murdered and like wacky comedy ensues. Mm -hmm. But they're really like, <clears throat> they're not just trying to tell a simple story. They're, they're taking on all the aspects of like, okay, what, what does this look like? You know, how yeah. do we get from the real world we live in now to potentially having this world and what like affects, you know, how do those, <clears throat> how do, how do real life conditions affect, um, this futuristic story that we're trying to tell. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's, there's two things that you, like, I like, did not talk about it in episode two, and I'm pretty sure they touched upon it in episode one. Um, Nate, uh, Robbie's character is he's in there because of his girlfriend his girlfriend's fam and her and her family are stupidly wealthy he yeah, could not the, afford uh, the to get into with the bees on her face um yes she sort of pressures her pressures him into uploading um which I won't ruin the surprise with the upload because in episode one, it was a startling realization of what happens and it was funny as fuck. So I'm going to let that marinate for you. Um, but the other side of this is as they are building this society for these people to sit in, in heaven, quote unquote, they're also, there's, I can't remember. I want to say it was spam, but it wasn't spam. There was a company that was growing bodies to have people download to so that's the other Ooh. side of this thing and that's running at the same time so eventually the thought process is to get like this is like a holding cell up until the point in time you can pay to have your you know essence put back into a, a meat shell um there's a lot of there's a lot of social dynamics in this that are really really wild and in things that are just touched upon in this episode like that, poor, that that little kid that died when he was 11 seven uh -huh. years ago like he's still 11 in this world he hasn't grown up so everybody other than his like close family like his mom and his dad like they grew up they don't want to have anything like they, he's a little kid still like which he's is being left behind and that's something that's i guess you could call that a flaw in the system that they're not letting this kid grow up because Mentally, he's still learning and still experiencing things, but he's still in a little 11 year old's body. And you know, the street fighter with the AI, which I found really funny. 
<laughs> yeah, I and one thing that I think like, you know, they're kind of touching on a little bit in one of the episodes. I don't remember which one it was. Um, like he does want to grow up this kid in particular, because he's, this is something that like, right. Their consciousness, everybody's consciousness in this show. It's just, it becomes data. It's just translated into zeros and ones. Mm -hmm. And what I found really interesting about that was that like Nathan, the main character, he still has character growth, but you kind of get the sense that like maybe that person was in him all along. Whereas like this kid, like his brain physically did not develop beyond the point of maturity that he had achieved when he died. So like there's sort of this question of like, can he even like, can he actually get past that? Or is that something that would have to be like programmed for him? And then if that is the case, like would that be an expense on his family for him to, to be able to develop further um i i the, these are just like weird questions that i have that i'm i'm curious to see where that will go or if it will be addressed because it might be beyond the spectrum of information they care yeah. to cover but i love a lot of things in this show but one of i feel a missed opportunity which i'm going to throw this out this for when you guys watch it later ai guy which is just like the bellhop and like he makes repeat every time a AI character shows up, it's the same guy. And I, every time we're watching it, my brain shows me wash shows me him. Like it was a missed opportunity. What's what's Wash's real name? Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. If Alan Tudyk was in this show, this show would be utterly perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little too busy doing resident alien, I guess. Yeah. I guess. And like every voice, uh, a voice in every Disney movie. Speaking of, did y'all happen to catch who from resident alien was on the show? Yes. Yeah, I did. Yes. Live the cop. Mm hmm. I thought that was very fun and it was it like <laughs> she's just so naturally beautiful that I thought that it, they had to like try to like make her look frumpy <laughs> like they gave her these like giant oversized glasses and had to try to like frizz her, frizz hair. her hair out <laughs> and I was like nah she's still pretty um <laughs> it was just it was really cool though I loved seeing her on the show um yeah it's nice to see her do something like a little bit higher profile yeah sci-fi yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see like again she seems to be someone that I I could imagine her like starting to show up in other content. I hope that she will. And Friend. like her character, we didn't see a lot of her, but um I just I from what we saw of her I was like, "Oh, she's smart." Mm-hmm. Cuz like the car asked her who she was a couple times and she didn't give any identifying information and I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay." She's yeah. not out yeah. here trying to get murdered. And I think that's like, and again, it's like one of those, like, you're going to see, like, they're not necessarily taking her seriously on the show. And it's like, cool. She's the one person who's actually like really trying to get answers and you might want to listen to her. And then it's like, nah. And I'm like, man, this she goes to the same shit with the fucking sheriff. <laughs> they sort of just like <laughs> moved her character over a couple of stations. Yeah. <laughs> Frizzed out her hair a bit. So, um, like once again, a woman and a fat person, let's not take this person seriously at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Karen. Um, but I, I find it interesting that all these like societal and like kind of almost philosophical issues that are being brought up, like you said, 
when you explain the concept of like then getting downloaded into a new body, my brain just broke for a couple of minutes and mm-hmm. I didn't miss the rest of what you were saying. <laughs> I was like, oh God, there's already too many people on this planet. You can't bring some of them back. That's not good. And, and, and again, um, it's the, like, think about who those people, it's like a modern version of eugenics. Honestly. Right. If like, and that that's one of the things about the show that I thought was fucking fascinating because they're diving to me. It feels like they're diving headfirst into this. This is not an easy topic to talk about as a society right now, uh, let alone as a television show that's also trying to be like a fun, lighthearted comedy. And uh, I mean, it's it's lighthearted. I wouldn't call this, especially after this episode, a comedy. Like, there's this show gets pretty heavy with if it's softened by the charming nature of Robbie Amell. Yeah. Um, but like, like there's some heavy, like there's a whole story arc with him and his girlfriend. Like it becomes like a a moral question. Like, what are you doing? That's not right. Is it right? Like, like, yeah. When you start watching this, I really want your thoughts on Ingrid. Cause I'll tell you straight up right now. I don't like her. She's the worst. (laughs) She's the worst. Uh, like, but it, but I find it interesting that it explores all these these kind of like higher concepts, and it comes from a uh, creator who, you know, w- worked on The Office, mm-hmm. much like Mike Shore, who also explored a lot of higher, like philosophical ideas on The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Like, what was in the water in that writer's room? <laughs> I'm telling you. And so. not for nothing. I mean, I th- and I. This is going to sound probably kind of stupid to some people, but I feel like King of the Hill was a really good show that had a lot of messaging that was actually really sweet and wholesome at times, and like made you stop and go, "Huh." Um, I had a roommate who, uh, for years living with her, that was what she would listen to every single night when she would fall asleep. So, uh, for literally years, um, I would hear at least one episode of that show every day and i just i love that like there are people who are working on this where it feels smart it and also the fucking can we again just talk about the tech i want a handphone there i said it <laughs> i want a handphone did you notice that his handphone and and the girlfriend's handphone like girlfriend's handphone because she was so much i feel like because she was so much wealthier was like twice the size of the screen like that's really funny i had no no i didn't notice that at all yep. i want that I want that too. But yeah, so there's technology and like I was looking up some stuff online before uh, we started recording tonight because um, (laughs) there's like articles like there was a, what was it? Um, Six pieces of tech we need in our lives now. Oh, Prime Videos Upload Can't Stop Predicting the Future. Um, (laughs) And it says uh, there's like, I guess there was an interview what is this? This is from Den of Geek, uh, where they were talking to Greg Daniels about season two and how it kept accidentally like mirroring reality. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was just kind of funny because like 
that like he says in the interview where it was about steak hold on okay he says there was a joke in the pilot that, which of course we didn't watch it but uh, there was a joke in the pilot that they were 3D printing steak and the fat cartridge is malfunctioning. I thought that was like a comical exaggeration of 3D printing. And then I immediately got texted that there's a company that's 3D printing steaks. <laughs> um, like to me, that's just absolutely absurd. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that there are like, we've talked about the things with the ratings um, and we've talked about the, there's so much more that will come. It's like, it's kind of hard to like share it all. I, um, I'm looking at the IMDb and I don't know why this is a spoiler, but I didn't realize this. Mm. Um, when Nathan Robbie Amell first encounters David Choke, William B. Davis, mm-hmm. outside his room, he remarks that he looks familiar. Amell appeared in season 10 and 11 of the X-Files as aged Kid Miller, which mm-hmm. like... <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that fucking funny. <laughs> well, that's why I made the cigarette outside of the no, fact he's that always that's the why we recognize I didn't, But him. I didn't know Amel was in. Oh, I thought X-Files. I told you that. I looked no. something up about him at one point, And I, when I learned that, I was like, oh, fuck, he was on X-Files too? Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's more, there's more to that than what we're saying. So you guys have to watch more. But yeah, I'm just, I'm really glad you liked it. I hope that it'll you know, come up soon in your list of stuff that you get to watch. Cause it's so good. <laughs> Very well, entertaining. We, we will get fast. to it. There's a, we, we started a few things. There's a cavalcade of shows happening. About like to premiere. like mm-hmm. you know, Mandalorian's right around the corner. Ted Lasso's coming back. Party down. Uh, party down. Ooh. And the Picard just started back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think there might actually be a few episodes left of the current season of law and order. Shit. Okay. I thought was this I thought we had the season finale and then I looked on IMDB, it looked like there were a few more, but I could be wrong. But you know, I, <laughs> whatever man. That's what I should have talked about. That was that's what I should have talked about instead of Star Wars. This season of Law and Order was fucking great. <laughs> well you'll got have their, to save got it. Their shit together. Yeah, I'll save it for next time. <laughs> got their shit bad. together. That's it. Pretty much summed it up. Good. <laughs> Get it together and save it. <laughs> figure it out well while you're getting it together and saving it would you like to give us the social media spiel i would love to thank you so much uh, sorry my phone turned off this week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you and you can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways we have an official geek Aid discord where there's an entire this week's episode channel dedicated to all things tv talk we're on facebook twitter and instagram through the official geek Aid channels or the more specific webcast accounts and of course Four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available on Twitter at GeekadeChris, that's GeekadeKris, and you can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you? I am at STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, and uh, TikTok. And G, where can people find you? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, I guess just go to my website, that's fine. It's AngelaFernot.com. And why should I care? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wow. bluey reference for, wow. for all you parents out there. Wow. Uh, wow! And Evan, where can people find you? Uh, check me and all the stuff out that we do at talesofcapefear dot com. We got a I got a big thing coming up soon, so please. It's a Kickstarter. Spoilers. Going to do a Kickstarter for the next issue, so please check need, us out. We need so much support. Please, for the love of God, somebody support us. <laughs> 
Well, if you need to know more about how to support these guys and the other shows that we discussed tonight, or we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any other questions at all, we can always be reached at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. And wherever you decide to listen, please comment, subscribe, and leave reviews, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, as always, keep your eyes on Geekade for more fresh original content. Back to you, Angie. Oh, so fresh. Thank you, Chris. Uh, All right. Did we determine, Evan, I think you pick next? Yes. Evan uh, is next. Yes, Yes, my darling, my love, my husband, my life. What are we watching? So... I haven't watched this show yet, but I really, really want to. So I'm going to force us all to watch it. Uh, we are going to watch Poker Face. <laughs> season oh, one, yay. episode one, uh, starring Natasha Leone. That how it's pronounced? Yeah. Um, I believe so. I, I, I really Leone? like her, and oh. I've, I've been wanting to watch this for a minute. So I'm really That is Fer- currently Ferg's favorite show. Awesome on TV right now. He was he's he was uh, mentioned in the Discord that uh, we should watch it, and it is definitely on the list. All right, well, season awesome. one, Hooray. episode one, Dead Man's Hand. If right. that's uh, if they don't have the Lady Gaga song as the theme song, I'm gonna riot. <laughs> Flip tables. Listen, everyone needs a little more rah rah in their life. Okay. All right. Uh, cool. So I guess that's it. Y'all do your homework. We'll do ours. And uh, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Angie. I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I'm dead. Upload me. <laughs> Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day. <laughs>